in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My name is Matt. I'm one of the priests here at the table. Our readings today are familiar to many. We have themes of bread in the wilderness. We have implications for our Eucharist, not only from the King's passage, but from John's Gospel. Paul's command in Ephesians is familiar too, to imitate God as we love one another. And Paul's command to love one another isn't tied to some obligation or rule or duty. The the commandments say this, so you have to do it. It's tied to who God is, and it's tied to who we are because of who God is. It's good news and a new identity and living in accordance with that identity. He's saying, here's how you believe the gospel. Now, I'm going to violate a a rule, um, taking liberty from Paul's logic. Um, We typically preach liturgically, meaning we take the four scriptures and we hold them together and we proclaim the reality of all four of them. Today, I'm not doing that. I'm going to focus on Ephesians. And uh, not just focusing on Ephesians, I'm going to, even more audaciously, I know, focus on one verse of that passage and to compound incredulity upon incredulity, just two words. That verse is Ephesians 4.26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. I've heard a lot of sermons on the but do not sin part. Anger can become an opportunity for the devil, Paul says. I've heard a lot of sermons on do not let the sun go down on your anger. The danger of harboring and stuffing and stoking anger day after day can lead to the grieving of the Holy Spirit, Paul says. Through our bitterness, malice, rancor, wrangling was the word that Sylvia read from our translation today. Temper tantrums, shouting. That's verses 30 and 31. But I haven't heard, maybe you have, but I'm speaking for me, haven't heard many sermons, or any, in fact, on the first part of that verse, which is the two words, be angry. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about being angry. (laughs) Today, friends, I proclaim the good news. Rah, yes! (laughs) The good news that the love of God makes room for anger. We cannot imitate God like Paul commands unless we learn to be angry well. Church, may we seek the love that has room for righteous, sacrificial evil-naming, kingdom-seeking, truth-telling anger in our midst. Let us learn to be angry and not sin. Let us learn to hold our anger in love together. Yesterday was a long day, a day off for our family, the day after the first three days of school for the Tebby household. It's a day of copious amounts of screen time, which our children look forward to all week. It was a difficult day yesterday. I asked my son Deacon, who will be 13 in a couple weeks, I asked his permission to share this story because of what I, I learned about anger and love from him yesterday. 
and he was all for it. You see, I spent all day yesterday mad at Deacon because he spent all day cranky and critical. (laughs) And for much of the day, I just responded to his cranky criticalness with uh, bigger, badder, louder cranky and criticalness. And it just churned all day in my gut. Are you in touch with what makes you angry? How and when do you notice your anger? When people do it wrong? When there's injustice, somebody hurts somebody you love? When you're made to do something you don't want to do compromises your autonomy? When your son has his cranky pants on all day and you spend most of the day shouting, I drive a Dodge Stratus at him? (laughs) Today we proclaim the good news that God's love makes room for anger. If we're going to learn how to love like God does, we have to learn how to be angry well. Church, may we seek the love that has room for righteous, sacrificial, evil-naming, kingdom-seeking, truth-telling anger. Let us learn to be angry and not sin, holding our anger in love together. The challenge in this good news is threefold. Uh, Not only am I only preaching on two words, but I'm also giving you three points. I'm going to hear about this at staff meeting. Three points if we're going to learn how to be angry well, like God is in love. We need to learn to be present to our anger, to be clear on the purpose of our anger, and to see the power at work in our anger. To be present to it, to clarify the purpose of it, to discern or see the power in it. There's two main temptations. First, presence. There's two main temptations in our anger. The first is to bypass it because good Christian boys and girls don't get angry. Pretend like it isn't there. The second temptation is probably the opposite temptation, one that I'm familiar with, is to be in bondage to it, for anger to devour you and just churn and seethe. We give ourselves over to it. We bypass it or we're in bondage to it. As a friend of mine says, some of us need to learn how to be angry and some of us need to learn how to not be angry. (laughs) My anger has gotten me in trouble. It's how I control people. It's what I do instead of crying. It's how I was traumatized as a kid. And it's what I learned to do to um, protect myself. I don't like myself when I'm angry. Most of the people that love me don't like myself when I'm angry. I don't trust myself when I'm angry. Yesterday it took me with my son 12 hours to decide to not either bypass my anger and try to ignore it away 
or to be in bondage to it and just get bigger and louder, crankier. It took me only 12, only 12 hours, friends. The good news, though, is that the love of God makes room for anger. We can be present to it. We can, instead of trying to stuff it and bypass it, or be in bondage to it and just rage with all that wrangling, rancor, malice, slander, division, we can face it and befriend it. Because love teaches us to make space for anger. To make space for it. To be present to it. Because God does this. We'll talk about this in a second. God makes space for anger in Himself. In His love. In His, in His love, actually. Church, may we seek the love that has room, that makes room, is present to like righteous, sacrificial, evil-naming, kingdom-seeking, truth-telling anger. The truth I needed to tell yesterday was about myself. I'm angry. That's me being present to it. There's an old-fashioned Christian word for that. It's called confession. It's just telling the truth. Telling the truth. Let us learn to be angry and not sin. Holding anger and love together. Becoming present to our anger is what we do. Uh, we practice doing this in our discipleship groups. We learn how to relate differently to our emotions. We stop ignoring them and we stop bowing down to them and we learn to face them together. Even the bad ones like anger, we learn to just name what is, tell the truth because that's what God's love teaches us to do. The second, we need to be clear on the purpose of our anger. What work is my anger trying to do? Anger is the means that uh, most of us use to get our needs met. Did you know that? It's a way to get our needs met. Sometimes we're protecting ourselves, like I mentioned I did as a kid. Maybe we're trying to control other people, manage our anxiety. Some of us grew up in a home where the only way to be safe was with anger. So you come by it honestly. And there's room for that too here. You know, Jesus got angry. He got angry and he was really clear on the purpose of his anger. You see, he had a secure attachment with God. He wasn't threatened by people or circumstances. And so his anger, his needs were met is what I'm trying to say, right? And so he was able to get angry at what God gets angry at, injustice, a lack of shalom. Others were suffering, others were being hurt. We'll look at the scriptures in a moment. Jesus was clear that the purpose of anger is to stand against injustice. Because that's what love does. That's what love does. I had this bad news in my life. 
um, that I've come to know through our discipleship groups, our DNA groups, and the story that my body tells my brain, I know it's kind of weird language, the story that lives in my heart is I don't matter. I'm not important. It's really the source of a lot of craptastic things in my life. I don't matter. So, when my kids argue with me or don't listen to me, guess what story comes online in my body? I don't matter. I've learned to deal with that hurt, that sadness, that pain, and fear by getting angry because anger feels better than hurt. So the purpose of my anger for most of the day wasn't for my son's good. I was trying to meet my needs. You must respect my authority. Have you forgotten about my Dodge Stratus? <laughs> Some of you are going to be like, why, why, why does he keep talking about Dodge Stratus? <laughs> I wasn't really under threat though. Like I wasn't really in danger yesterday. My son not listening to me. I mean, that's what 13-year-olds do. My significance, the, the, the value, the, 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 the authority I have from Christ was not under attack. But I felt like it was. Right? And I wasn't able to notice that until I was present to my anger. And I discerned, what am I doing? What's my anger trying to do right now? I'm trying to get my needs met. I'm trying to get some respect. A little bit of respect around here. The love of God makes room for anger. We can be present to it. And we cannot learn to imitate God unless we become angry well, that the purpose is not to take care of, uh, some of us have to take care of ourselves with anger. But eventually we get to a place where we can hopefully have some justice so that anger isn't the only strategy to keep you alive. Or safe. Or provided for, or included, or belonging. Church, may we seek the love that has room for righteous, sacrificial, evil naming, kingdom seeking, truth telling anger. Let us learn to be angry and not sin, holding anger in love together. We need to be present to our anger, name it, face it, it's not going to kill us. We can't bypass it or be in bondage to it. We need to discern the purpose of it. Am I seeking to get my needs met from a 12-year-old? <laughs> by, you know, by powering up on him? Or am I seeking to protect and defend a 12-year-old? Seeking justice for him. And third, we have to see the power at work in anger. Power is always at work, friends. I know this isn't a surprise for most people. It's been a surprise for me over the last several years. Anger does different work depending upon the position, status, and power of the one who is angry. Let me say that again. Power does different work depending upon the position, status, capital, cachet of the one who is angry. So Jesus got angry a bunch of times. And we, um, if this was a Baptist church and this would have gone on for 45 minutes, I'd, I'd, we'd have sword races and I'd read all the scriptures, but just, just know 
Mark, in Mark 1, we're told Jesus is incensed, irate, when a man with a skin disease comes and asks him to be healed. In Mark 3, there's a man with a withered hand, and Jesus says, is it lawful or not to do something about this on the Sabbath? And people like whistle and stare at their shoes. And Jesus is angered at their hardness of heart. In Mark 10, there's some people who have kids, and they're like bringing them to Jesus, and the disciples scold them, shame them, stop it. And Jesus, we're told, is angry at his disciples for keeping the kids away from him. We can keep going on. There's a cleansing of the temple. There's Jesus coming off the Mount of Transfiguration and being like, how much longer am I going to put up with you, your shenanigans? But notice the thing in common here with Jesus' anger. There's a power at work, disease. Um, Hard-hearted religious leaders. Disciples. When these things are using power to keep another person from healing, restoration, connection, when the powerful use their power to keep human flourishing from another, that gets Jesus cranked up. God's anger is His love opposing anything that hinders His kingdom. God's love. God's anger is God's love opposing things that hinder good. So some people are permitted to be angry in our world and some people aren't. Can we speak plainly about these things today? A man with authority and power, let's just call him a white man with authority and power. Anger is zealousness, passion, energy, charisma. There are people that have built 10,000 plus people churches by just getting on a platform and being angry for 40 minutes. Um, White guys with power are rewarded for being angry. Is that true for everyone? Women, do you have permission to be angry? Especially women in authority, do you have permission to be angry? No. No. Angry women aren't passionate. They're too emotional to lead. Angry women aren't zealous. They're called female dog slurs. Who else isn't allowed to be angry? White men can be angry. Can black men be angry? The answer is no. The cost of being an angry black man or an angry black woman or an angry white woman, although it's different for each, is much higher than the cost of being an angry white man. 
in our world, anger is used in the world opposing the kingdom, okay? Anger is used as a tool by the powerful to hurt the powerless. The powerless are not allowed to get angry about this. <laughs> if they get angry about this, well, now we focus on their problem, their anger as the problem. And their anger at angry people using power to hurt them, their anger is the problem and it's dismissed and invalidated. In the kingdom, Jesus flips what anger is for, the purpose of it, and, and how he holds it shows us a new way. See, Jesus stands in solidarity with the powerless. He's a Jew from Galilee. Now, he's got some power as a dude in a patriarchal culture, but he is with the poor and the sinners for a reason. These are the people who don't have power. They're the problem. He is one born into powerlessness, but he has all the power and authority given to him. And what does he do? He uses that power to name evil, to tell the truth about injustice, to flip the tables of oppression, and to work for human flourishing. So I'm the last person to know anything really about this. I just own that with y'all. I've been able to get angry most of my life without being arrested or fired. It's a privilege. But I, I still um, am waking up to some of uh, how we have to discern power, how power is at work in our anger. My anger yesterday at Deacon was not the same as his anger. His anger as a 12-year-old little boy, almost 13, is not the same as my anger as like a scary 45-year-old giant. My, my anger was using power to get what I want. His anger, eventually, we were able to discern, was his way of expressing fear and panic at his powerlessness over his life at the moment. Bedtime, uh, Deacon uh, was sobbing because he's in seventh grade and he's in freshman level math and all these advanced classes and he feels tons of pressure and stress after three days of school and he feels like, I I'm going to fail. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. And so he had all day these little pockets of freedom from that pressure and he was like holding onto them like a precious little thing. And then when they'd end, like screen time would end or we'd ask him to clean the bathrooms, he'd just lose it because he feels he doesn't want this free time to slip away because here I'm not under pressure. His anger and fear, his anger was his anxiety coming out. So after 13 hours, By God's grace, <laughs> I was able to own, like, I'm angry. What's, what am I doing with my anger? What's my purpose right now? Is it doing good work in my son's life or mine? Maybe, Lord, if I hold space for this, you can teach me how to 
use my power in a way that stands against the threats and the evil that he's experiencing by blessing and hugging and kissing and affirming it. You see, the love of God makes room for anger. Not only my, my anger in sin, but my son's anger in desperation. And yes, the sun had already gone down. <laughs> but I was not able to imitate God with him until I learned to hold both of our anger in love. In love. Church, may we seek the love that has room for righteous, sacrificial, evil-naming, kingdom-seeking, truth-telling anger in our midst. Let us learn to be present, discern the purpose, and see the power at work in anger. And hold that anger and love together. So what do we do about this? Well, I mentioned DNA groups. I, I, I I owe so much of my life to paying attention to my anger and meeting God there. Meeting God by befriending my anger, not bypassing or being in bondage to it. Um, I'm learning to make room for anger. I'm learning to notice how other people's anger bothers me. Black women are teaching me how to do this. I have a friend, Melissa, who wrote a book. This title might trigger some of us. I'm telling you, this book is crazy. Uh, crazy good. How to Have an Enemy is the title. Righteous Anger and the Work of Peace. She's teaching me. This, free, this, this week, a friend of mine owned anger with me. They owned, in, along with their anger, their trauma that contributed to their anger. And he submitted it to me in such a beautiful way where I could own my complicity and he could own his complicity because he dared to be angry and not sin. And we experience forgiveness and love together. How else do we respond? Well, it's okay to be upset at injustice. to be angry at things that are jacked up. It's okay. It's okay to be angry about that. God's angry about it too. Some of y'all have a lot to be angry about and it can consume you. It's like this crouching lion ready to pounce. So it's not just like give yourselves fully over to it, but it's okay to tell the truth about things that make us angry. This is why we talk about things that are wrong in the world and how we want to be a force in making them right. To stand against them in love. Together. In, in personal, discreet, micro ways. Today, friends, we proclaim the good news that the love of God makes room for anger. We don't have to bypass it. Nor do we give ourselves over in bondage to it. But we discern the purpose in it so we can learn to imitate God by being angry well. Finally was able to get there with my son last night when I, when I blessed him and told, and told him he was free to sleep in peace. And we did some imaginative prayer about giving every single class into, into Jesus' hands. May we seek the love that has room for righteous, sacrificial, evil-naming, kingdom-seeking, truth-telling anger. Let us learn to be angry and not sin.
Let us learn to hold anger and love together. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.